Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Greetings! This is John Richter, creator and showrunner for Transmissions from Colony One. You know, as fulfilling as it is to make this show, it can be a bit daunting to handle this production by myself, hence the seven-year hiatus between seasons three and four. And as a way to help keep the lights on in Colony One, we have a Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash tfcomarspod to subscribe today. Now, what's in it for you? The TFCO Patreon has two tiers. The $2 Mechty Flight Control staff level gives you access to exclusive extra content, including season outtakes, concept art, a personalized thank you in the show notes and episode for myself, and more. If that sounds good to you, but you still want the full TFCO experience, become a Mechty crew member for only $5 a month. You get everything at the $2 level, but you also get access to original music from the show, a special recap episode of the season four episode you just listened to in both audio and video form, future production diaries, and more. Also, no matter which tier you sign up at, every couple of months I'll provide a poll to see what kind of additional content you would like to receive on the TFCO Patreon. We only move forward together, so I'd love to hear from all of you. Again, that's patreon.com slash tfcomarspod to subscribe at the $2 or $5 level, and I'll see you on Mars. Hello again. This is John Richter, creator and showrunner for Transmissions from Colony One, and I'm back to give you guys a much-needed recap of Season 2. So let's jump in. As with Season 1, we open with a flashback. Then-Senator and presidential candidate Richard Thorpe is presented with findings of C-2033-A2, a large comet discovered in the Kuiper Belt on an impact trajectory with Earth. They decide to create an international effort made up by several countries to establish a permanent, sustainable presence on other planets, to act as a lifeboat for humanity. This will manifest into the international space agency, MECTI. Jumping back to MECTI-1 on Mars, Chief Engineer Andrew Wood, disillusioned with the mission after the gamma ray burst destroyed life on Earth, suggests reaching out to the Chinese moon base, just in case they haven't been hit by the GRB. Andrew recommends loading up in the emergency return vehicles and returning home, seeing that as much more important than anything they're doing on Mars. Sam is against this idea and orders his crew to resume work on their objectives. Mechti crew member Jennifer Simmons reveals the massive tremors came from Olympus Mons, the largest volcano in the solar system. It is starting to wake up with the wasp landed right on its doorstep. The crew splits up, with a number of them heading north to Tooting Crater to set up a potentially safe place to ride out the storm. Before launch, every Mechti crew member has a bio nano capsule surgically inserted into their body, releasing life-saving anti-radiation medication to offset the effects felt during transit and life on the surface of Mars. During his checkup, it is revealed that crew member Fedor Morotsev has advanced radiation sickness due to a faulty biocapsule, and without substantial treatment and therapy, Fedor will die. The next big operation for MECD-1's terraforming protocol is the NPTNA, the North Pole Thermonuclear Array, a massive grid of thermonuclear explosives that were remotely placed and buried three kilometers deep inside the ice of Mars's North Pole to help terraforming operations. Sam gives the order to proceed, but the connection with the detonators has been severed, leaving them to plan an EVA to a supply capsule housing another remote detonator. 
The EVA made up of Heroku, Walter, and Paul is sent out nearly 600 kilometers to the NPTNA detonation control capsule. Sam and Andrew continue to butt heads about whether or not to abandon the mission and launch back to Earth in the ERVs. Andrew's disillusionment starts to influence others in the crew, including Tina Flynn, Commander Sam Flynn's own wife. The EVA crew unearth the capsule, get it powered on, then successfully detonate the NPTNA and immediately are caught up in another major Mars quake brought on by Olympus Mons. Fissures open up all over the place, with Walter and Heroku falling deep into a crevasse that's opened. Walter himself is pinned down by a piece of the capsule he was working in, and frees himself, but is still over 50 meters down in the crevasse, and can't really move Heroku. Paul, finding no way to rescue his friends in the crevasse, is ordered by Walter to regroup with the others. He eventually reunites with his wife at the crater base, stricken with PTSD. Walter finds Heroku, whose suit is compromised and is severely injured from his fall into the crevasse. Oh, and there's a slow-moving trickle of lava gradually heading their way. Andrew is using this latest crisis to push his case for launching back to Earth before Olympus Mons erupts. While on an EVA with Orlando DeLuca and Tina Flynn, Andrew and his wife Jackie begin plans to blast off themselves. Back in the crevasse, Walter breaks free, but Heroku bleeds out. Rest in peace, Heroku. Walter climbs out of the crevasse and walks in what he hopes is the direction of the base at Tooting Crater, but immediately he goes in the opposite direction. Back at the Wasp, Sam suspects something is going on with Fedor, who's growing sicker by the day. Sam also checks in on Rachel, who is trying to focus on work rather than grieving the loss of her husband Heroku. Rachel tells Fedor she's convinced they're all going to die, and entertains the idea of possibly leaving Mars as well. Walter continues his march and he recognizes he's likely going in the wrong direction. Despair sinks in, until he stumbles upon Mekti-1's ERV that was remotely placed there years ago. Using a fuel filtered out from carbon dioxide in the Martian air, the ship is loaded and ready for launch. Walter loads into the rocket and tries unsuccessfully to call the Wasp, because no one at the Wasp has any reason to aim their comms dish towards a supposed empty, powered-down rocket, but he at least has food and water to keep him alive. Andrew leads an EVA out for ERV-1 with Tina, Orlando, and Jackie to, quote, grab supplies. Sam learns of this and tries to get in contact, but Andrew's severed comms with his rover. In the Wasp, Neda Morozev finds her husband Fedor passed out on the floor of their quarters. Not knowing what's going on with him, Neda demands answers, but Sam calls a meeting. Sam orders the crew to abandon ship and head to the crater base, where it's presumably safe. As he tells them to start grabbing what supplies they can, Pete sounds the alarm, seeing Fedor in an airlock without a suit. Andrew arrives at ERV-1 with his party, and they're all shocked to find Walter alive. The happy reunion is quickly cut short though, as Andrew and Jackie reveal their intentions, ordering Orlando, Tina, and Walter to get in the rocket so they can launch away from Earth. Orlando and Tina and Walter refuse. As tensions rise higher and higher, a giant Mars quake hits. At the Wasp, Fedor reveals to them that he's dying, and his only hope, treatment from Heroku, is gone. Fedor makes the case that wasting supplies on a dying man is foolish. Neda and Sam beg Fedor to not commit suicide, but before he can go through with it, Olympus Mons erupts. With fissures and landslides all over, Andrew finally gives up on the ERV and orders everyone to hop in the rover and speed away. Jackie is struck by ejecta from a fissure vent and is lost almost immediately. Tina is thrown from the rover and falls to her death in a crevasse that's opened up. Meanwhile, the Olympus Mons eruption explodes Tooting Crater, destroying the crater base and leaving Paul and his wife Beth sprinting away for safety. Beth is struck by ejecta and passes away in Paul's arms. Walter takes control of the rover, speeding away with Orlando and Andrew back to the crater base. They reach the charred remains of the crater base and pick up Paul. Together they ride for the rendezvous point at Mekti-2's landing site. At the Wasp, 
Sam and Kaya remain in the ship's command center, orchestrating the evacuation. A mysterious blip of audio from a voice Kaya seems to remember from somewhere is heard, but Sam gets her back on task. More on that later. Then a brief garbled transmission arrives from Orlando, reporting that they've, quote, lost Tina. Sam's mind spirals out of control. At that moment, a vent opens up under the ship, and a surge of lava shoots into the wasp, destroying the ship and knocking it out. Nada Morisef and Pete Ross make a daring escape through the fiery, melting ruins of their ship, and once they get out, begin the trek on foot to the rendezvous point. The crew begin to gather at the rendezvous site and set up a large inflated habitat, the ELQ, or Emergency Living Quarters. Later that night, Rachel voices her discontent and disillusionment with Mekti and the mission and the need to leave Mars. Kind of a trend. The next morning sees the return of Walter, Paul, Orlando, and Andrew to the rest of the surviving crew at the ELQ. Sam approaches Andrew asking where his wife is. And upon hearing from Andrew that she's dead and that Andrew got her killed, Sam snaps, attacking Andrew until his suit depressurizes and dies. Fedor tries to explain his previous actions in the airlock to Nada, and makes a possible case to take the ERV and blast off for Earth. Nada, feeling betrayed by her husband by not communicating and willing to commit suicide instead, puts her foot down. She chose to come to Mars on a one-way trip, and no matter what, that's their fate. Later, Rachel and Fedor say peace out and leave in the night, taking a rover to ERV-1. Both Nada and Sam try their best to catch up and almost make it, but unfortunately, they arrive just in time to see Rachel and Fedor launch away, headed for Earth, and probably certain death. Just as ERV-1 launches, we get an unexpected call from Mekti-2 pilot Abby Murdoch, Walter Langston's love interest, who announces that they have made it to Mars orbit, but they're unable to land. And that's the recap for Season 2 of Transmissions from Colony 1. I hope this helped bring you up to speed, and tune in next week where I'll recap Season 3. See you then. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.